I just want to take a, a few minutes to do a brief sidebar and remind you why it is we're doing this series on the worship God rejects. Um, and that is because it is our mission at Encounter Recovery Ministries to make known how the gospel addresses and heals the human condition. Let me say that again. It is our mission to make known how the gospel addresses and heals the human condition. Now, that means that in order for us to see that that happens in people's lives, we have to begin, of course, by ensuring that we have, in fact, the gospel. And in the times in which we live, where there are so many different versions of the gospel, none of which bring about genuine wholeness in people's lives, but more do more to satisfy perhaps the religious impulse of the flesh than anything else, we have to be jealous for the apostolic tradition of the gospel as opposed to the traditionalism that gets passed off as the gospel. So that's the first order of business. And so what we are doing in 1 Samuel 15 in all the... Uh, lessons that are developing out of that text is that we are identifying how this pseudo-obedience and this uh, novel form of worship, both of which God rejects, has been typical throughout church history, throughout redemptive history, and how throughout church history it has also been fostered, and how prevalent this pseudo-obedience in worship, worship that God rejects, is in contemporary Christianity. And consequently, there's no balm in Gilead. There's nothing, there's no care, there's no pastoral care, there's no genuine transformation happening. Now, there are exceptions, of course. There are always the remnant, and it is happening it's just not the norm. You simply can't get up on Sunday morning and go find a church where you can expect to hear the gospel and the gospel that brings life and wholeness through Jesus Christ. You will hear something, but it will be something far short than that. And let me tell you, let me remind you that only the gospel in its fullness, the whole counsel of God, can bring about wholeness in your life. Now, you would think that after 2,000 years of church history, there would be this universal, monolithic, widespread unity as to what the gospel is in its whole counsel of God, in its fullness. Instead, we have hundreds of denominations. We have infighting between man-made systems, and we have a reductionist, consumer-driven message going out instead of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, why is that? Why is that happening? Well, it's happening for two reasons. One is the devil's time is short, and his work, his wrath is concentrated 
on distorting and twisting the gospel like he never has before. And if the devil is nothing else, he is consistent. He is persistent. And he's only going to wrap up his efforts in these last days. Secondly, for generations now, Christians have failed, quite frankly, to contend for the integrity and the truth of the gospel. Instead, they have conceded and embraced systems, theological systems. They have embraced the traditions of men. And so instead of contending for the apostolic tradition that brings genuine salvation and deliverance from the pollution of sin in our character and godliness, the doctrine that conforms to godliness, as Paul said, instead we've adopted a systematic traditionalism that does not do that. In 2014, I was in graduate school, finishing my graduate school experience, and studying counseling psychology. And the question came to my mind, are we going to concede that the gospel is not sufficient to bring about healing from the human condition? And so we must add psychological theory, sociological theory, humanistic philosophy in order to bring healing into people's lives? Are we going to concede that point? And it seemed to me that was only myself and perhaps two or three others out of the 85 to 100 students in my cohort that they were, uh, that were not willing to concede that. And I see that now as a work of the Spirit. And those are about the, those are about the percentages that exist today as well. Maybe 3 to 5% of the average Christians today uh, are, are going to actually be contending for the gospel where the majority, the masses, will be happily conceding to whatever comes along, the, the cunning plans and the schemes of men. And, and consequently, and this is not just some rant about who's right and who's wrong, this is very practical because it, what it does is it produces destructive uh, philosophy and religion in people's lives. So you get somebody who's already already broken, who's already suffering, and you bring them into a religious atmosphere where that not only is that uh, brokenness going to not be healed, it's going to be made worse. And then that person is going to have a crisis of faith because they believe they've come to Christianity. And that form of Christianity, that, that counterfeit Christianity, is not working for them. And so they, they wonder if even the gospel is true. Some people have a crisis of faith. They wander. They look for answers. Other people just stop identifying as a Christian. People either have a crisis of faith or they leave the faith. And the devil does a jig because he knows he scored another victory. So the reason we're doing this series and the worship God rejects is to contend for the truth of the gospel. The gospel as the whole counsel of God, the whole purpose or will of God. And that is centered, as you'll see in the next lesson, that is centered on the exclusive unique, 
and final authority of Jesus Christ and his ministry as a mediator of a new and better covenant, a covenant that produces holiness and godliness in God's people. And I'm telling you, nothing short of that will do that. So I'm glad you're with me. I'm glad you're listening to this series. Uh, We've had a pretty uh, marked drop-off in listening uh, and downloads since uh, that first episode, the the worship God rejects. And that's pretty common. Uh, people listen to one and they get bored and they want to go do something else. But I hope you're sticking with it. The, the subsequent lessons, uh, the um, uh, gaslighting, spiritual gaslighting, and then the, um, uh, the cure for the incurable, and then the most recent one was traditionalism and addiction. Uh, and we're going to be doing a, taking a look at Hebrews and the power and the glory of the mediating ministry of Jesus Christ is our high priest of a new and better covenant. Now, what that ministry will do, and what I want to promise you, is that as you embrace that word, that word from God, that final word, that Jesus is the mediator of a new and better covenant of the Spirit that gives life, Two things will happen in your life. You'll find that you have a much better time of being able to form and maintain healthy relationships. And you will also find recovery, permanent recovery, from any addictive impulse that's plaguing you. If you are uh, have yet to become a Christian, this will be your opportunity too, to hear the gospel in its fullness and come to faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and begin to understand God's purpose in your life is to become just like his son. And that can't help but produce recovery in your life. Recovery is holiness after the model and image of Jesus. That's the end goal of uh, biblical recovery. So, well, thanks for letting me share that with you. I'm glad you're listening. Stick with it, I hope. And um, uh, send me an, an email at encounterrecovery at gmail.com if you like, if you have questions or concerns. And I'll be happy to get back to you as soon as I can. I can't answer all of them, but those that I do get, I always try to answer as soon as possible. May the Lord bless you and strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Amen.